The views and opinions expressed on the following program are those of the program host and guests and do not necessarily represent the views of Western Carolina University or radio station WWCU. Hello and welcome. My name is Connor Knox and today I'm here with Jeff Wright. Jeff is the Southeast Project Coordinator for Trout Unlimited and today we're going to talk about what Trout Unlimited is, what Trout Unlimited does, and how you can help. Let's get right into it. What is Trout Unlimited and what specifically do you do for the organization? So Trout Unlimited um, is a cold water conservation group um, that also kind of works with getting anglers involved in the conservation side of things. And so when, when we say cold water, what we're meaning is any, any water that's cold enough throughout the year to support trout and salmon species. So, you know, we're one of the oldest conservation groups in, in the country. We were founded in the 1950s. And it really was founded by a group of people who were concerned up in Michigan with the way they saw trout populations going, especially wild native trout populations. And they came together and said, we want to make a difference. We want to do this a little different way. And so a group of uh, anglers got together and said, you know, we're going to start doing some habitat work. We're going to start um, doing uh, some advocacy to get the agencies to kind of realign with what we think they should be doing. Um, and that was the, you know, the founding of what we're all about. And we've continued that today. Um, Trout Unlimited, we're, we're kind of unique in that we have, you know, what we call our national level, um, and that's our staff. So like our CEO, Chris Wood, um, you know, he's part of this national team of staff that are working in, to, to do this high level conservation work, um, support the, you know, fly fishing community, especially and support cold water conservation. Um, at that national level, we have some regional level staff. So that's actually what I am. Um, my position is Southeast Project Coordinator. And my focus is on areas of Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. Um, and then we have under that, that uh, regional level, we have what we call our grassroots. And this is, you know, everybody that, that pays their, their yearly dues to TU um, or anybody that really just cares about our mission is part of our, our what we call our grassroots. And that's the on-ground volunteer base that really gets a lot of stuff done at that local level. So we have like our chapters that cover different areas. We have a state council and all of that is volunteer led and run. So in my position as Southeast Project Coordinator, I'm doing a bunch of different stuff from managing conservation projects, working with people like the Forest Service and North Carolina Wildlife Resources Commission, helping get those projects done, um, doing some hands-on project work myself, uh, and then working with our grassroots volunteers to get them engaged and get them working in kind of high priority cold water conservation projects as well and support those individuals because, you know, the, the fact is they're not getting paid to be there. They come around and, and do this because they think it's fun. Um, and so trying to help them provide them good opportunities, provide them support when they need it. Um, and advice as, as they need it is a lot of what I'm doing. So, yeah, that's really great. Uh, what made you want to do that? What made you want to take this position <laughs> with Trout Unlimited? Yeah, so my background is in, in wildlife biology. So went to school, um, have a master's, was at one point working on a PhD. So always kind of wanted to work in the conservation sector. I um, ended up taking a couple years off from that. Uh, and got involved with TU when I moved out to East Tennessee as a volunteer. So worked with my chapter, was actually chapter president. Um, really liked what I saw from Trout Unlimited and that we have local volunteers engaging in conservation action together. 
um, in a meaningful way. A lot of times, you know, with some groups, you kind of pay your money and you get, you know, your, you get email updates and things, but you don't get that hands-on opportunity. Um, so that was really attractive to me. Um, and then as we, you know, I did the volunteer thing, this position opened up and said, hey, you know, let's take it to the next level here. I'd like to kind of do what I did at the chapter level, but do it at this regional level and be able to support more on-ground conservation work and focus, you know, what I'm doing for my job in that sector. So, yeah, uh, yeah. that's really great. So I heard you mention earlier conservation projects. Can you give me an example of what one of those might be, like what that would entail? Sure. So it goes from smaller scale. Uh, I'm working with with the Pisgah Tr Trout Unlimited chapter in Brevard. Um, to just identify some campsites along the Davidson River. You know, people are just camping too close to the river. It's actually against the law to do some of this. And so we're going to go in, we're going to take apart fire rings, we're going to drop some brush on the area, maybe plant some new vegetation, just kind of discourage people from being right up next to the river. Because um, what that does is, you, you know, you go out there, the, there's no vegetation, the soil's all compacted. It actually leads to higher erosion and more sediment getting into the into the river, um, which kind of compounds as you go along the river. As a one of my one of the people I work with, uh, with the Riverkeeper organization says, you know, it's death by a thousand cuts, and so you start trying to address all these little issues and work your way up and reduce that sediment getting into the river, um, because this unnatural amount of sediment, you know, is bad for the bugs that live there, which is then bad for the fish that live there. Um, so that's kind of a small scale to something big scale. What we do a lot is actually work on replacement of road stream crossings. So like your typical corrugated metal pipe culvert, you might be familiar with, you know, you drive along a forest road, there's a stream and there's this round pipe that punches through the road and that's what lets the water through. Um, what ends up happening with these a lot of times is that water kind of digs out downstream and you get what's called a perch culvert. So you know, the water comes out and then there's a, a big drop down to where the stream is. And this actually blocks aquatic organisms, you know, trout, hellbenders, all sorts of stuff that would be living there from moving from one side of the road to the other. They actually get blocked and stop, stop being able to travel. So they have limited access to upstream habitat. You know, their, the populations are disconnected. Um, so what we actually do is we help manage the project and, um, you know, work with engineers to design a new crossing using a different a different uh, crossing structure. So instead of a pipe culvert, maybe we're putting in like a, a half a pipe um, or a bridge and allowing that to have a natural stream bottom from downstream to upstream where that, that crossing used to be. Um, so we do a lot of that, you know, managing these projects, again, working with people like the Forest Service or North Carolina Wildlife Resources or the Nature Conservancy, um, in terms of like our time, it's that management side, um, but they're big projects. You know, typically they're all going to be in the six-figure range. Um, they can be from you know hundred thousand to three hundred thousand dollars, just depending on you know what the crossing looks like um, and what we're needing to get done. So that's kind of different scales of, of all sorts of different types of projects. Um, and one other thing that I work on is our community science program. And this is just getting volunteers out. And it's really about collecting data that we can then use to inform those types of projects. Um, so, you know, we do some trainings, have volunteers out doing some measurements of these, these crossings to identify which ones could be barriers, um, looking at sediment, 
um, from roads and trails, finding the locations that's happening. Um, and all of that, again, is engaging our volunteers. So I'm kind of, I help and help with all the trainings and data management on that. Yeah. And that's really interesting that you mentioned camping on the Davidson River. Cause I remember when I was young, I did that. I remember like I was in the Boy Scouts and we went to the Davidson River and, and they never told us, oh, camping too close is illegal or camping too close may cause harm to the ecosystem. So it's, I think it's really great that you guys are getting in there and doing that kind of thing. And I think that takes me into my next question is how are Trout Unlimited's cold water conservation efforts important? Without an organization that's actively trying to do this, what damage could come to the ecosystems? Yeah, you know, one thing is we we increase the capacity of the agencies. So like your federal and state agencies are tasked with doing a lot of the habitat management or our fisheries management, um, but they're limited in the, the amount of people working for them, the amount of money they have to go into things. Um, so one thing is, you know, we increase that capacity. So if something like Trout Unlimited didn't exist, um, we, there would be less conservation happening on the ground every year, both from you know staff helping manage those big projects, um, but also our grassroots volunteers who come out and donate a day of their time, you know, to plant vegetation in a new rain garden. You know, that would all have to come from an agency staff person, and they just honestly don't have the ability to do that. Um, the other thing is, you know, we have that local advocate group who are out there telling the story and working with the local partners and trying to bring people in. Um, so, you, you know, you lose that side of it. You lose some educational component. You know, we, our chapters run this program called Trout in the Classroom, where they actually partner with like elementary, middle and high schools and they get fish tanks and they get hat, uh, eggs from the hatchery, um, trout eggs from the hatchery. And then the students kind of get to grow these fish and observe what they're doing. And they incorporate it into all the curriculum they have. Um, so there's this educational component going too, where that's helping or helping some people learn about the importance of this. So, you know, that would all be, all be gone if Trout Unlimited went away. Um, we, we'd be losing all that on the ground stuff too. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's really amazing. And so to kind of wrap it up, I wanted to ask you, what individual efforts could people take around Western North Carolina or around just the Southeast in general to help Trout Unlimited's cause, to help the conservation efforts going on in cold waters? Yeah, there's honestly all sorts of different things you could do. The first would be to look and see if you have a local chapter um, and get involved because our local chapters are always needing more people who want to actually get in, get their hands dirty, um, and lend a hand getting work done. So, you know, look around, see if you have a local chapter, um, get involved, and then, you know, just kind of accept it, the chapter for what it is, but also maybe be willing to step up into leadership and, uh, you know, take it in that direction and support that conservation work they're getting going. Um, there's also that community science program I mentioned. We're always looking for volunteers potentially either for that or might have projects so they could get in touch with, you know, with me um, to, to learn about that. Um, the other thing is just kind of, you know, be mindful of good conservation practices for streams and rivers, things like you know, stay on trail, especially in the stream and river sections, you know, the more times that you do, like, you skip a, a, a cutback, you know, you, you just go straight up and, and make a new trail. Things like that are all leading to these erosion issues. 
Um, water's going to pick the easiest route. Um, the switchbacks are there to help kind of maintain the water. And when you cut that new trail, you're actually making it so water funnels down your new trail, which cuts a channel, you know, cuts a gully, um, things like that. Things like, you know, not throwing trash out of your cars because <laughs> um, our area really suffers from that. And what happens is you're getting microplastics into the environment, into the streams and rivers. That's getting incorporated into the insects and honestly the fish and stuff. Um, and then, you know, just be an advocate for the cold water streams and rivers, you know, find one that you care about and figure out what the issues are and, you know, be the person that goes to the local government and says, hey, we, we need to stop doing this. Or, you know, I'd really love to see more protection for stream bank vegetation in our area. Um, that's all stuff that, you know, people can be doing on their own and Trout Unlimited is here to support them through that. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you so much for coming on and talking to me today. I really appreciate everything you've said, and thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Connor, appreciate the opportunity. That wraps up the program. I'm Connor Knox, and for Jeff Wright, thank you for listening.